Whoa there, space cowboy. Brokeback Bebop is a podcast with explicit content intended only for mature bounty hunters. Listener discretion is advised. Listen to all 40 steamy sessions of the show right now by supporting Brokeback Bebop at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay. A three, two, one, let's jam. Nice. <laughs> that was great. Welcome. What, what were you gonna say? Something? You no, like I, you I was just quietly something. making the music noise because I yeah. always forget that you actually do put right something after the let's. You're just clashing with that. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another session of Brokeback Bebop. We're so glad to be here. We're so glad that you're here to just float in the abyss of space towards oblivion with us. Hey yo, just a couple of guys next to a couple of screens on mm-hmm. top of a couple of rocks mm-hmm. floating through a couple of space. How you doing, Steven? I'm good, buddy. How you doing today? Happy, happy, happy. day. Happy day. You know, we don't like to really hammer down what day it is because you could be listening to this at any time. So yeah. I, what? A happy day. It's hey, today. It ends in Y. It's today. It only comes once a year. It's a happy one. Hey, happy day celebration. Watch it be like 9 11 when people. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I hope we've found you well. We're here to talk about uh, it's the 20th episode of Brokeback Bebop. We're here to talk about the 19th session of Cowboy Bebop. Hey, oh, that's not confusing. We're here to talk about wild horses. Another thing, though, of note that this podcast marks the halfway point of our Brokeback Bebop adventure. Wow! Because we've us. only got, We're including this one, on top of the hill. Eight episodes of the of the show left, but we're gonna do the live action and the movie and a couple superlative things, and then we're gonna get the fuck out of here. We're gonna hop in our swordfish and we're yep. gonna poke our points together, yep. cause some friction, light a spark, and zoom on towards death. And Steven's not talking in reference to the episode we're to speak of today. He's talking about the time that he had sex with the swordfish. It was beautiful and dangerous all in one go. I'm really curious of, like, who topped who. A little of both. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's new with so you? All you watching anything? You got any anime thoughts you want to want to get off your chest while while the floor is yours? I in that do. Country? Okay. You know, this is an interesting season of anime because normally uh-huh. the summer season is jam-packed with releases. But now that anime has gotten back on its normal release schedule post the start of the pandemic, it's a pretty light season. Just a couple of shows that I really want to watch this fall is like stacked. But it it, it comes to us the end of the spring anime season, which means the end of Birdie Wing, A Golf Girl's Story. (laughs) Watch it if you haven't. For some reason, it's great. It's about a golf mafia. Who, who would want anything more? Only two shows I care about this season are the fourth season of Overlord, which is really cool. Basically, mm-hmm. this guy is playing this like uh, immersive like video game, 
and the game servers are getting shut down and he and his friends are having one last pretend meal at this table and then the servers get shut down he gets stuck in the game everything becomes real but he's like super duper overpowered Hmm. But he was a bad guy. Like he was, so he was it's like, like role free guy. Yes. Oh, so he's a Wreck It Ralph. He's a Wreck It Ralph. Okay, yeah. I'm on. Overlord's board. great. So I'm excited for the new cool. season of that. I have a figure of one of the waifus from that up there. And then a show that I don't really care for, but I'm gonna watch it. It's called Rent a Girlfriend. It's about this mm-hmm. kid who gets dumped by his girlfriend, and he's depressed, so he like pays way too much money for this girl to pretend to be his girlfriend. But then they actually like fall in love. You would think Zach shouldn't really give a shit about him, but she like accidentally meets his like dying grandma, who's not actually dying, and unfortunately their grandmas are friends. So then they pretend to like date around his family, but he's still paying her. But he like obviously falls in love with her because he's a loser. But the issue also with this show is they made the girl clearly. super likable. Uh-huh. But the guy is garbage. He well, sucks. yeah, because so he's, he's paying for someone to pretend to like him. That's not usually someone who's cool and fun. Yeah. So, you know, I like those shows when it's, you know, root for the lovable scamp guy who's, you know, a little bit nerdy, but then the girl brings him out of his shell. No, he's so, just a piece of shit. So what you're saying is you don't <laughs> like when shows have likable women. You need the male main character to be I need likable the, I need so the male to be the one who I root into for. Him. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to insert myself into her. That's not what this is about. Yeah, Steven's not trying to insert himself into a woman. I will say everyone in this show is at least 19, so that makes it easier. Is that uh, a period on on that part of the show? Do we move on? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so episode 19, session 19 is Wild Horses. It was storyboarded by a name that's going to be tough for me. Umanosuke? Hey, I'll take it. Aida? I-I-D-A? Ida. Ida. Mm-hmm. Directed by Hirokazu Yamada and written by Aki Aki Akihiko Inari. Nice. Inari. A lot of vowels there. Well done. This episode in Japan aired on March 6th, 1998. Uh, we were just talking before we started recording that this is just under, what was it? 98. June 97 was when Mishmash Blues aired. Mm-hmm. So it's been almost a year since my then. Birth. Yes, almost a year since then, and they re-aired all of the first episodes, and now we're to this one. It's a weird, weird timeline. It's for the a show. weird thing. I feel like in the U.S., when a show gets canceled and then comes back, they don't like just start over like nothing ever happened. Hmm. But I feel like that's kind of what happened here. Yeah, <laughs> like um, yeah. they missed it the first time. Well, I'm sure the other episodes were so close to done that they were just sitting around for forever. Yeah. And the show was probably semi forgotten since it didn't end over a year. So they were like, let's just air it again. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and the episode in the US originally aired on November 5th, 2001. Really? Yes. Didn't one of the first episodes air September 11th? Not on September 11th. If you want to vamp for a second, I'll look up so I can tell you like the how this worked. I think there might have been multiple weeks where they aired more than like one Like a episode. bunch? Uh. Let's see. Okay, the first episode in the U.S. was September 3rd, 2001. They aired two at a time for a while, and they moved some episodes around a little bit, too. Mm. For example, Sympathy for the Devil, Waltz for Venus aired in December. Oh, wow. After this? Yes. That's confusing. This is weird. Jamming with Edward, did I write the month wrong? No, this was November. 2001? The whole series aired over like three months. That's wild. Except for Sympathy for the Devil and Waltz for Venus, which aired 
in December. That's weird. And then Cowboy Funk episode 22 aired in February of the next year. Huh. After the series finale, which aired in like November 2001. That's really interesting. So after the series finale was Sympathy for the Devil, Waltz for Venus, and Cowboy Funk. Huh. Isn't that interesting? That's really interesting because Cowboy Funk is the episode that kind of hints at Samurai Champloo coming next. So I kind of understand putting that one later on. But yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I wonder if any of it mixed around. Maybe some of the episodes were lost episodes for a while because of 9-11 similar violence in them or something. Maybe. But I don't think any of those episodes were the plain one. No. They aired the plain one like the week after. It hadn't settled in yet. They didn't give a shit. <laughs> okay, so what's next? Uh, trivia. Let's do some trivia. I've got one question for you. All right, I've got two for you. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, how tall is George the pirate? No idea. He's five foot eleven, Zach. Okay, pretty tall, but not like fuck you tall. Yeah, I guess what's if, you, if ra- you consider five eleven pretty tall. When you're five six, it is. You're not five six. I'm like five six. Zach, you're taller than five six. If I'm taller than 5'6", you know what? Come six, here and I'm lay down. I'll seven. measure you. I'll measure you. <laughs> if I'm you. taller than 5'6", I'm 5'7". I'd give you 5'7". But don't you goddamn dare call yourself 5'6". Uh, my driver's license might say 5'6". Well, why would you ever say you're shorter than you are? I've never measured myself. I've measured you plenty of times. Yeah, but we're talking in inches. We're not talking <laughs> You're exactly in, in feet. 20 of my big toe. And that tells me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a lot or a little? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's the rare tool they need for Spike's ship? A uh, three-eighths pneumatic. Yeah. Something. Yeah. They, unclear. <laughs> yep. I just wrote down three. But I know eight. it was three-eighths. Yeah, that's what I wrote. What is the logo of the delivery truck? Purple penguin. Oh, yeah, Purple penguin. Purple penguin. Yeah. Have you seen that thing where Benedict Cumberbatch can't say the word penguin? No. He did, like, this nature documentary, mm-hmm. and I guess he was, like, nervous, or he did, hasn't he didn't know the word very well, and so he kept saying, like, penwing, and he, like, said, like, penwin, or that's the same thing, but... <laughs> I can't do an impression of him, but I just have the... You say he was nervous, I see him reading the script, and he, like, gets scared, and they're like, sir, uh, Mr. Cumberpatch... The, the, the pun... The pun Mr. Wounds. Patch, he's like, what is this? <laughs> a, what is a what is a penguin? A, 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 the penguins. It was like he just kept saying it like slightly different ways, but all of them wrong, and it's really adorable. That's it's really worth funny. a watch. Okay. Yeah. So check that. Pot, check it stop out, guys. the show stop right now. Show. Go throw to your YouTube right in the trash. premium account. Throw it in account. the trash. Whatever device you're listening to this on, throw it right in Break the trash. It. Go buy a new one. Look up Benedict Cumberbatch. Can't say peng- <laughs> penguin. Yeah. And uh, that's the show for the week, everybody. We will be back next week to talk about Season 8, Episode 9 of Full House. Uh, we've really had a good time. Uh, thank you. Tip your waiter, please. Pump those brakes, okay. Zachariah. <laughs> you, better, you better use something as an air brake so I can curve your angle and save your sh- swordfish because it's time for America's 15th rated pornography-based segment, Did Zach Comprehend the Episode of This Week? Zach, how are you feeling? Not great. Not great. I know you you told me in confidence 
Not that I didn't understand the episode, but that I wasn't super attached to this episode watching it. Sure. I have some things that I would like to say that I would like to bring up, but especially as the episode gets heist and action heavy, I get kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Are you lost in your own thoughts? Are you lost just like existentially? And this episode brings mm-hmm. that out because you were like, wow, a purple penwing. If only mm-hmm. I were a delivery truck. No, it was the first. It's that I get lost in my own thoughts. Ah. You thinking about how handsome and rugged that old man is? Yeah. Because I sure am. More on that later. All right. 20 seconds on the clock. I always okay. say that. There's yep. no seconds on the clock, Zach. I'm counting up. I'm not. I didn't set a 20 right. second like alarm. There's nothing on the clock. It's a stopwatch. Yeah. Not a clock. Not a clock. <laughs> not a clock. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but there are ticking noises as if we are counting yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Even though we're counting up. Right. It should really be more like a beep. Let the record beep. show that we're counting up. Mm-hmm. Just so everyone at home, for those keeping score at no, home. No, instead the sound should be Steven going, a one, two, <laughs> three, four, five, six. I'll record all the numbers. <laughs> yeah, all of the numbers. All of them. All right. <laughs> On go. Three. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? No. Two. One. Go. This week we learned the origins of Spike's swordfish ship, the old man that he got it from, and his new maybe slave assistant, Miles, who he doesn't treat very well. Meanwhile, the Bebop is hit by a computer virus and is floating through space towards certain oblivion and death, and they can't link back up with Spike to get some help. Uh, they find out that, that Spike's Stop. thing... And, yeah. You know what? You, you did a pretty good job setting up the episode. That was yeah. like a, the solid first third of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Zach? This one is, is I get it. It's it's the first episode we've had in a little while that has absolutely nothing to do with anybody's like back. I, but I what I would Spike's say, backstory. though, and this is kind of arguing against myself, mm-hmm. I feel like what's wrong with my performance just then doesn't really have much to do with whether I did or didn't get the second half of the episode. I just straight up didn't get to it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, maybe you got lost in the weeds a little I bit. I did the first half pretty well, but yeah. I'm going to give you a, a solid C this week, Zach. I'll Congratulations on being back to letter scores. Last week was an anomaly. Yeah, we're not going to talk much about Mishmash Blues. I think we. Sh- I don't think that one's canon. Yeah, <laughs> Straight, strike it from the record. Yeah. Well, next up... What did you think of the episode, Zach? What I was about I, to say. What, yeah, let your, let your heart ring true. This is one that, you know, I'm honestly is one of my least memorable, especially this half of the show. What did you think of it? It's like two-thirds of the way there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you say it's an episode that's not backstory, but we learned some cool information about Spike's ship and some hinting towards maybe like a chapter of brief mentorship Spike got from this dude. I think... In the same, the the Bebop being stranded in space, floating, and uh, there being a computer virus that could spread to other people. Mm -hmm. I think it's almost there. I don't know what exactly it is that keeps me from it. I almost am more curious to hear what you hear as like a Cowboy Bebop aficionado. Because I just feel what I feel watching it. And I've watched it three times now. And every time, this time better because I literally had to talk about it right (laughs) after it. But uh, by the halfway point or so i've tuned out a little bit yeah i get that i think my issue is i wish that they spent a little more time on the computer virus part 
Because yeah. I think that considering you have Ed on the ship, it's much more compelling for me to see Ed in like a hacking computer virus battle than it is to hear or an I'd old man yell at his Even boy. more time on that plot, the old man plot, but tying it in lightly to Spike yeah. in his past, like giving a, a little flashback, for God's sake, of him with them or something. I would love a little flashback of Spike, like... Just getting out of the mafia and not having any money or place to go and going and like working at this mechanic shop and getting bossed around and being real pissed off about it, but learning a valuable lesson in the long run and being a better man for it. I'm here for all that. What it is, I now that I'm thinking a little bit more about it, unlike most of the episodes of Cowboy Bebop that are, as you like to say, a cosmic gumbo, mm-hmm. very jazzy on what direction they go and yeah. any direction that they can go. This episode feels a little bit like, well, we've got to get everything to the big showdown at mm-hmm. the end of the episode, where typically the show would have no problem slowing the brakes on that side of the show to yeah. tell a different story. This time, it felt I didn't have a lot of interest in the pirate subplot. I kind of lost mm-hmm. the thread on that one a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I really think that they like just didn't... Because they, for some reason, decided that now they want to stick to the regular script of a show like this and have everybody involved in doing things, they lose out on being able to tell two complete stories. A good, great story yeah. about anybody because they don't put the connection time between anything. the old man where he's trying to buy the three eighths pneumatic thingamajig and the fact that the pirates happen to be delivering things from a truck that also is the same yeah yeah that is a little bit of a reach for me i'm i like things that connect but i don't think you had to do that i think it's fine that spike could have just been like okay i'll help you guys out now that my ship is fixed and then the old man still hears him over the radio the radio bit i i buy that yeah you know we're in a society where the radio is not a heavily used thing where the fuck are people playing baseball by the way everything is is a desert i was even thinking about that is it specifically said to be baseball other than them being the blue socks yeah they, really... they use baseball terminology like home runs and do they yeah i also tune out when sports that's fair uh what do we think of miles do we like miles the the spunky talkative african-american not boy really. no not really <laughs> yeah i feel like I he don't. is very nondescript key grip best boy of the, the thing that I liked most was the scene between him and Spike when we first meet him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that classic, kind of like when, not anywhere near as good, but what was the character's name the, that Spike gave the you gotta be like water speech to, the annoying kid? Yeah, from... Uh, Do you remember Venus. that character's name? Rocco. Rocco. Rocco's a rock! He's a rock! It's a rock! <laughs> I liked that scene in the beginning, especially there's one bit of animation where... He likens what Spike is going through with his ship to how it feels to be rooting for a losing team. Yeah. And Spike just pulls this ugly face of like, (laughs) oh my god, this kid. And I kind of liked that vibe at the beginning. But the episode doesn't really go with that. Instead, it's just the old man like berating him. Yeah, I feel like that part of this episode is essentially the movie Logan. Where Wolverine is a begrudgingly unhappy man and he's for some reason got this little girl and then they go see Patrick Stewart and Patrick Stewart's an old man. Yeah. Same and they're in like a desert, I guess. Same okay. shit. Logan's a good movie. Check it out. 
if you like Hugh Jackman. I love Hugh Actman. Yeah, that's why I picked that name. <laughs> he said to be a huge Actman, Mom. <laughs> and she said, well, you go then, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and he was like, I will. And that's how... He was That's born. how it happened, and that and the nightmare began. <laughs> Not really. Huge, huge act, man is fine. Yeah, he's fine. I what I want to say, I did like the moment, kind of at the end of the episode when Miles gets to fly the ship, yeah the spaceship. Now, Zach, I I've been for part. some reason this thought's come into my head multiple uh-huh. times in the last couple of weeks. Zach hasn't been on a plane yet, and I've been on a personal airplane. Like what I've the been... fuck? That's terrifying. My grandpa was a pilot for a very long time. Oh, that's and cool. And when that's I scary. was too young to be really – I really trusted my grandpa. When I was too young to re- – I would be more scared of that now sure. than going on a commercial plane. I don't have any fear about going on a commercial plane. I just haven't yet. Hasn't come up yet. It's expensive. There yeah. are tons of places I want to go, but if it's a 15-hour drive or less, I'm going to drive because I'm a Midwestern. That's the type of person I am. Mm. And if it's like across the country, it's going to be like $500 a person to fly. Can be. You got you to look for those deals. You got to do what they do in the movies and just walk into an airport and say, give me your cheapest ticket. And then as you're swarmed by security for yeah. being a terrorist. <laughs> so what was your point? I've never, been on a, I've never been on a plane. Oh, well, because he was like, Miles like, I thought I was scared to fly, but look at uh, me now, owner. I think I'll be excited. I think I yeah. will really want a window seat and that I'll really want to take in the views. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, I like flying. I, I think and then that... ten minutes into it, I'll be like, "Are we fucking there?" <laughs> You'll be like, "I wish I could drive." You know the. <laughs> no, the... I think it'll be nice. Uh, yeah, I'm it'll be fun for, for you. I well, I I, I recently saw a, a video for some reason recommended to me where somebody drove to all eighteen remaining rainforest cafes in the United States. That was also in my suggested videos. I haven't watched. Worth it, the watch. I enjoyed it. Aren't they all about the same? You would think. There's one that has a whole ride. There's one at Animal Kingdom. Did you go to the Indianapolis Zoo? No, there's not one. The one there is not alive anymore. Oh, they don't have it anymore? Even the one in downtown Chicago where I work is closed. Isn't the thing that they suck, like they look cool, but they kind of suck? They look terrifying and they're bad. The food's bad. There's thunderstorms. It's very loud. (laughs) There's something called mojo bones on the menu that's ribs. There's an Iggy Piggy sandwich. But my point, uh, going back to it, I, I do like the part where Miles is flying. I really kind of like that last scene where they go through like, the pictures on the wall, and now mm. there's the new one that somebody took, That I was guess. a point I wanted to say earlier. Well, two things that I'll say off of that. I would have liked glimpses of the old man. What's his name? Da, 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 Daughtry? Da- Chris Daughtry? Yeah. I would have lo- I would have liked to see... I mean, I, I'm a sucker for we see the pan of the bulletin board of all the old photos. And there's a photo of Baby Spike. and Is there really? I wish. I would have liked to have seen glimpses of the old man's like Han Solo days yeah. in Spike's ship for a second. That would have been and cool secondly, as hell. I really liked actually a lot that the second half of the episode is this big life or death mission for the 20th time or whatever, and they narrowly escape with their lives, and then no, they're just as fucked as they were (laughs) when Spike was, like, drifting through space. Yeah. So Spike's like, you know what? You saved me. I don't care. Whatever happens, happens. He relaxes. And then we don't see another sequence of how (laughs) they got out of that one. We just see that they did in the photo on the wall of the time that that happened. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, I like that. In terms of, like, important things in the episode probably the most consequential thing in the whole episode is that scene where he likes cigarettes like whatever happens happens 
all over home screens and t-shirts and tattoos and things. I, I think that's plan a good place to point. be. It can be yeah. a pessimistic place to be, but I think it's a good thought to have to give up control. Yeah. Because it, you don't have as much as you think you do. And I'm saying that to myself and to you and to everybody. You know what? Yeah. Like there are times – and it's good to try to take control when you can. But I think we're like, well, I got to do this so I don't get cancer in 30 years. I don't know. We mm-hmm. have this like magical thought and it's okay to just be like, eh. Well, I think that falls into the whole ego death of it all. You know, mm-hmm. it's been said many different ways. Lauren Hill has her song, Everything is Everything. Spike mm-hmm. has Whatever Happens, Happens. K, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah, you know, and then there's my existential saying that I was on that soapbox for a while. What was, was. What is, is. Uh-huh. And what will be, will uh-huh. be. There's nothing worse than someone pessimistically being like, nah, it is what it is. But at mm. the same time, sometimes it's nice to be that way. If you get in a car wreck, if you're okay, don't be pissed. Be like, nah, what happened happened. Let's just take care of it. I, I, I like to be from that mentality. I like to roll with that. Like, it yeah, is what I it see is, that. You yeah. know? Yeah. I roll. I, I kind of roll with it. I like to just, you know, go where the wind cosmic blind blows. It's, just, it's really cosmic. Keep going, gumbo. though. We've only got Speaking a few Speaking of moving to the beat of jazz, mm-hmm. uh, there's the two really good songs in this episode. I like the one that they played during the initial dogfight with Spike and the Pirates. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good. Maybe they've used that one before, but I like it. And not then sure. one that they've certainly used before, but maybe not to the same extent. The, like, chameleon sound alike. Not look alike, but it sounds kind of like the song Chameleon, the... Action sequence kind of that was during the second tier of it when Spike was trying to not burn up. Super fun. That whole sequence, even when I wasn't quite paying attention to the episode, I was engaged with the music throughout all of it. Yeah, that's super fun. I think that one thing I like musically about this episode that is kind of cool. I feel like the episode normally sticks to a music theme. It's either super jazzy or it's super honky-tonk country or it's like samba rhythms. But this one, it starts off, there's like, depending on where they were, the music was different. And I like that. I think that having that really... We got the sections of the kind of staple music from the first episode that reminds me a lot of South Park music, the like kind of twangy, acoustic guitar kind of sounding stuff. Yeah. The western-y kind of sounding. And then the jazzier more upbeat action sequence yeah it was it's uh both for better and worse kind of a cowboy bebop plays the hits type episode yeah totally this is like an episode where if someone's like hey what's cowboy bebop like this wouldn't be the one i show them but this is one you could show someone just like a random episode to throw on i think cowboy bebop makes a really good throw on the dub in the background show for me because i can always look over and enjoy what's happening seen it a bunch of times yeah and this is an episode that you could be like ah cool well, before we give our captains and get out of here, anything else you want us to remember from this one or anything? We focused a lot on the meta bad. Anything positive about this episode you'd like to highlight while we've got time? I think the animation's really solid this whole episode. I agree. It dates itself a little bit with the big the 3D CGI stuff. like satellite. It wasn't so bad. But, but it's it, not it's so little, bad. It's a little PS2-y. Yeah. But considering this show came out when the PS1, PS1 was still was prominent, yeah. then it's it pretty good. It looks better than a PS1 for sure. Yeah, and that's something about this show, and it's and that I it think it looks is cool. better than a PS1. That's yeah, about this that's show. what they say. All the reviews were like, it "Looks does better, look than, better PS1. than a PS1." Nineties <laughs> anime is kind of like the wild west of Japanese animation because it was a time where 
Disney and Pixar were just starting to come to fruition in the United States, sure. and, and there was a big push to do things digitally. And Japan sure. kind of doubled down and was like, no, we're going to hand-draw the shit out of this. And, maybe and I think that's really bit. cool. Hand-drawn animation is beautiful, mm-hmm. and we don't see enough of it, especially in theaters on the big screen anymore. Yeah. About the only time you see it is when an animated TV show comes to the big screen. Yeah. And that's disappointing because it's beautiful. It's great. I mean, there's so much work, especially like... It's hard. I get why digital is better. And digital looks incredible. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Pixar films, like Lightyear just came out. I mean, the animation is just yeah. improved and improved when it comes to CGI. But there's something just so real and fluid and I like when animation doesn't just mimic reality. Yeah. Like, it can. It can be a shade of reality, but I like... I don't know, like, the Boz Burgers movie is still fresh in my mind. I mm-hmm. love seeing 2D animation like that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Watch more anime, Zach. It's almost all hand-drawn. Maybe. <laughs> I got this great show you for you. It's called Toilet Bound Hanukkah-kun. I'll check out Rena Fuck Doll, or whatever you yeah. said. Basically. Uh, do you want to do a captain? Do you have got an easy captain for this one? This one's kind of tough, yeah. but I think I'm going to go with spike for my captain this Me too. week i love his attitude the whole time especially the first time that he's like eh, fuel things busted you can drink my whiskey i'm gonna die and he's like oh i guess i'm not gonna die and he's like ah, i'm gonna die again it's fine he's I not like a that. hero or an asshole in this episode he's yeah. just like one of the players in the events and now like here's what i have a question for you zach we're like, like right spike. at the yeah, end sure. of today's show yeah the last episode we watched we watched the Japanese mm-hmm. voice actors, which was your first time seeing that. It, it felt like home coming back to the regular voices. Yeah. Or from my perspective of the regular voices. Sure. Because things like the way in animation, like Faye throws her head around when mm-hmm. we see her on the video screen in this episode, I just feel like the voice is suited for it. Yeah. I feel like Spike saying, well, what are you, what are you going to do? I feel like it's suited for that voice. Now, it's because I'm an American. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you're Japanese and you try to watch this version, it probably sounds too character and yeah. sounds silly. But for mine, it, it sounds way more like what I know the show to be, yeah, it's, of it's course. Yeah, it's safe. I'm just curious. I'm a huge it's tough fan to of both. So. Last week to this because I'd need to watch one of these episodes mm-hmm. without the dub to know yeah. for sure. Well, that's it. This was fun. This was good. Any last words for the freaks out there? You know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Don't stress out about okay, anything because everything is insignificant, but in a good Michael, way. Michael, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Support this show and our podcast network at patreon.com slash can'tdisappointpodcast, where starting at $5 a month, you can get immediate access to all 40 outrageous sessions of Brokeback Bebop. See you next time, Space Cowboy. Let's go!